You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Starring Pete Ruggieri, Larry Maris, and Jason Lewis. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. So sit back and enjoy some Masonic conversation without pretension. And now, here's your hosts, Pete, Larry, and Jason. And Jack. Hey, that's me. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's episode 40-something or other. 44? Episode 44. First one's in the new year? That's correct. And um, if you guys have never heard the show before, um, we're stupid. So just remember that. Um, if you're a new listener, you can start listening right here. Um, plus the stuff that we've already recorded, you probably wouldn't enjoy anyway, because who knows. So we have two guests today. We're going to be talking to Brian Hill, and we're going to be talking to Ron Carson. Neither of which is stupid. Very intelligent men. Um, Brian Hill's a big wig in, in many York right bodies. I think that we'll speed talk his resume before we... Yeah, we'll do that. And um, our newly installed... But we actually, we've already been, you know, we've already probably recorded before this, you hear this, um, we've already recorded like an hour of show. So we're going to go around pretty quickly, do a quick introduction, and... Um, so, Larry, oh, you can't talk. Uh, by the way, Larry's got laryngitis. Um, it's Larry Jitis. Larry Jitis. Hopefully, it's permanent. <laughs> and so, we'll just pretend. Larry, what have you done masonically the past two weeks? Uh, I've done nothing, but I went to Goose and Gridiron. Well, we right, ha- thank you very much. Well, we haven't recorded for a month, so we need a. What, what's your, your month recap in 30 seconds? Um, Larry still has done nothing. Oh, no, he went to the. Okay, Larry went to the installation of the right of the Grandmaster, and you also went to the presentation of the district deputy. Yep, and went to the Grandmaster's ball. And the Grandmaster's ball. How I bet that was exciting. Petition committee. I'm chairing that for 476. He's now the petition committee chairman. I'm translating because he has no voice. And, I've a lot, but I don't want to talk about it. Okay, good. We don't want to listen. And. Jeff Moyer, what have you done over the past month Masonically? Well, you've pretty much mentioned it. We get the uh, annual grand, the annual grand banquet, uh, Larry Durr's presentation, Ron Carson's presentation, Lodge 43 had a stated meeting last night, and we have uh, two extra meetings coming up this month. And I think that's about it. You were also a past master's night for the 5th Masonic District. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that, was, yeah, that was a great fun. evening. Jack Harley, what have you been doing the past month? What? Um, I was installed most excellent high priest in my Royal Arts chapter. Congratulations. So I'm, uh, I'll, be, I'll be running that show for a year, um, unless they throw me out. Um, that's, that's the big thing. We've got Grotto coming up and some other basic stuff. But, um, yeah, it's pretty much... Uh, oh, and I gave up my chair as treasurer. So I am now... Principal steward at our lodge. Um, I'm responsible for the dinners before the meeting. So if anybody's hungry on a second Tuesday night around 6 o'clock, come to Effort Lodge and we'll feed you. Jason. Same as everybody else. I did the uh, insula- the Grandmaster's installation and then our new junior warden's presentation and Ronald B. Carson, District Deputy Grandmaster of the 1st Masonic Districts, uh, which we'll hear more about. But uh, I was at those, no longer secretary, starting my journey to the east as senior deacon. So 2021 will be my year, and that's about it. Uh, but we do have some shameless plugs this episode, if I may. may do I have your permission? 
Pete. You may. <laughs> You're the editor. You well, we could do it at want. the end of the show so they remember. Well, I've been putting out a plug on Facebook asking about music for this show. Uh, you know, we just kind of use the canned music in, in, in our recording software. Uh, but I would like to get some, some music made by Masons. Somebody's actually making Masonic music. That's wonderful. But if you're a Mason and you're in a band or whatever it is that you do, we'd like to feature it. So this is going to be our first episode that uh, some of our transition music uh, is actually from a, a, a brother. And this is a brother goes by... Uh, Justin Michael, or uh, Justin Bryan, at least as far as his uh, petition said, uh, from a band called Youth Fool out of Philadelphia. So check out Youth Fool, Y-O-U-T-H-F-O-O-L, and uh, we're going to play a couple tracks uh, by Youth Fool on the show. It's got a great 80s new wave kind of vibe, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, also, Muscovites, Muscovites sure. at... Uh, at AMD Week or Masonic Week, February 10th, the uh, Kremlin Penza is going to go down and confer that degree. Check our Facebook page. Brother Seth Anthony uh, can share some information about that as well. But if you're going to Masonic Week and you want to do a uh, join the Muscovites, which is a, a retired and now renewed uh, Odd Fellows degree open to anybody in a fraternal organization, we'll be doing that February 10th. But that's all I got. So should we read this speed read, the resume of our first guest? We're going to do that. Pour a cup of coffee. All right, you ready? So we have Brian L. Hill, who is past master of Badger Lodge, number 325, past high priest of Monroe Royal Arch, chapter number 208, past thrice illustrious master of Bethlehem Council, past commander of Samuel S. Samuel Jackson Lodge. Samuel Jackson, Samuel <laughs> S. Yo Commandery. Uh, 32nd degree Mason. We're going to start shortening these. Member of the Royal Order of Scotland. Past governor of the William Allen York Rite College. Past sovereign master of Lux X. I can't even say this. Lux X Tenebris Council. Uh, allied Masonic degrees. Now member of Juto Council. Uh, who ha he has the Scarlet Cord. Knight commander of the Red Branch of Erie. Erie? It's snowy up there. Past sovereign of Eli, but e Eri? Yeah, but that's an keep, R. Just e keep going. Just keep going. Eri? No, it's Erie. Erie. Red branch of Erie. We all got that. Past, past sovereign of Mary Conclave, Knights of the Red Cross of Constantine and Dependent Orders, member of Northeast Council of Knight Masons, District Deputy Grand High Priest, and Grand, uh, Grand Holy Royal Arch Chapter of Pennsylvania, member of the Knights. Knights York Cross of Honor, past master of Exclusive Mark Lodge, past presidents Lehigh Valley Valley, uh, Lehigh Valley Joshua Association, member of the Commemorative Order of St. Thomas of Akon, warrant member and past His master of the Kite huge. Of the Not just for money, but for deuce cards, I mean. Of the Kite and Key Lodge, which is the traditional observance lodge in Allentown. Member, seven, member of the sixth degree of operatives. We're about halfway through. That's page one. I know, that's why we're doing this. Well, this is a good Nobody one. cares what, what you do, Larry. Oh, if you guys keep yapping. Larry, you're not talking to a microphone. Just yeah, shut up. If you're going to keep yapping, it's going to take longer. Fourth, pilly, fourth pillar, holy rural arch, knight Templar priest. Warrant, worship master, Albion Mark Lodge. Member of fourth grade, royal order, Masonic Knights of the Scarlet Cord. Member of the Masonic Order of Athelstan. Scribe preceptor, pilgrim's preceptors. Almost done. Member of the August Order of Light. 
Warren Secretary, August Order of Light, member of 7th degree Pennsylvania College of, I can't even say that, Societies for Rosicrucians and Civita, blah, 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 member of the Rose Chapter of Medic Order of Spiritual Knights, and the Grand, uh, the Great Chancellor, 6th degree of Rectified Scottish Rite. That's it, Larry. We're done. It's no, up. no, you're not. Why? You forgot his, I guess he's trying to deny his most important oh, role he's a as of a sheik of Ubar Grotto. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all a bunch of slackers. That's what we're trying to say. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. now. Hey, um, we have a very special guest with us today. Um, and there's probably 50 different names probably before your name, like Sir Knight, as well as like, I don't know how, the illustrious... Very Reverend Knight. Very... <laughs> Brian Hill. Very worshipful brother, yes. So, Brian, yeah, you're... Um, we're a lot of us are involved in a lot of organizations with you, but when we see your Masonic resume, you're in like 50 things I didn't even know about. Well, it's a big uh, Masonic world out there, and uh, when you get to be my age, you uh, are invited to join a lot of different groups because you're a special kind of person, I would like to think. One of the things, uh, Larry, our, our good friend Larry is here, but he has laryngitis, which could be the greatest thing ever for He has laryngitis. Yeah, how did you do that, Pete? <laughs> this will be the best episode ever, because Larry's not here. And um, Jeffrey Myers... Myers. Moyer. Moyer yeah. I have a friend, Jeff Myers, who's Mauer. a Mason, too, from Delaware County. Ma I thought it was Maurer. He's here, too. <laughs> so, Brian, welcome. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself on a non-Masonic level. So, where, where, where'd you grow up? I grew up in the uh, what's known as a slate belt up in uh, northeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, went to college at East Stroudsburg University, where I got a Bachelor of Arts degree in psychology, of all things. Well, that helps. Yeah, it helped later on when I became a, the warden of a correctional facility, having gone from selling Volkswagens and Audis, and one day, and then the next day, I was the warden of a correctional facility. Well, you're eminently qualified with that uh, car dealership experience. Oh, absolutely. You get to know people. Uh, I attended bar for a while, too, in my very, very early days, and you get to know people that way, too, and how to, how to treat people when they're Brian. not exactly themselves. Brian. How many cars did you sell in prison? <laughs> None. He obviously wasn't None. a good I was car salesman because he went there. and took yeah. a career change. Yeah. I was making a big bucks. I didn't have to sell any cars in the jail, for God's sakes. So yeah. did you come from a Masonic family? No. No, there were no Masons in my family on either side. So what was the, what was the impetus? Where did you get involved in Freemasonry in the beginning? Well, right after I uh, became the warden, a good friend of mine, uh, actually and a fraternity brother from college, gave me a friend-the-friend -friend brochure. That was back in uh, the 80s, 
and I read about masonry, had no idea what masonry was, and it sounded very interesting, and I said, how do I become a member? And that's it, you know, you get the petition, and the rest of it is, uh, is history. And where would that Blue Lodge be, the original Blue Lodge? Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, Barger Lodge, number 325. Wait, 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 I can look it up. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so since then, um, your Masonic resume gets kind of crazy. Yeah. So, um, you know, how did that go? Did people just see that uh, you had your checkbook open and they just started piling on? Well, no, I made up my mind that I was going to go through the chairs in my Blue Lodge before I did anything else. And then after that, I joined Scottish Rite. Never been very active in Scottish Rite. Um, and then it was, gee, uh, hey, this chapter thing, I have to find out about that. And Well, if you're in chapter, you might as well get into, in, into uh, Royal and Select Master Masons, and then the Commandery, and then they just started coming in. Uh, and when I became a District Deputy Grand High Priest, somehow that anoints you, that uh, people want you in, the, in their organization because they think you're important or special. Is that what it is? Okay. <laughs> So you go, Jack, that's your next for you. Well, you, you know who I'll have to replace for that then. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Heinsohn. Yes. Oh. That remains so, to be seen. Jason, you're giving me a stare. You got a good question. So on your resume, which we read earlier, maybe, what what is some of the more really difficult bodies to get into that you're a member of? Probably the most difficult is the uh, rectified Scottish Rite. It's uh, the Great Priory of America, Chevalier's Beneficent de la City Sante. And uh, they say that there's none plus ultra means there's nothing higher than the rectified Scottish Rite. That reminds me of the, the funniest punchline of any joke ever. You don't even need to know the joke. The punchline wrecked him, damn near killed him. <laughs> How to take a serious thing and just ruin it. Oh, so um, we recently were in a, in a uh, degree together. You uh, helped me with one of my goals, uh, the Royal Order of Scotland. Yes. So um, when did you become involved in that? Oh, about 20 years ago. And you actually got the degree in Edinburgh? No, uh, okay. Washington, D.C., but I have been to the... The big, uh, the big show over in Edinburgh. In fact, I'm going there again this July because it's so much fun to be over there where you can wear your kilt. All of the real men are wearing kilts over there. Yeah. And you want to know. Call it a toga. Why, yeah. You probably want to know what's under a why kilt. Did, why did you just put your hand on Brian's thigh when he said kilt? Well, it's a very muscular thigh. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to say it again? No, you're good. You're fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. You, you look like you got something important to share. No, I, I, that's it. That's, no, that's I don't it, have anything important got? to say. I just so, got corrected on how to use the mic. I so back to uh, your, your, your special Masonic, what is one of your favorite Masonic stories? I, I asked Larry, I said, you know, we, we can drone on, and, and Jack likes to call it apron sniffing when we talk too much about what somebody, all their accomplishments. Yeah. So get, La Larry, get Larry just showed up. And you told me to fill in us. for you. Get away. Uh, I, you look on. like shit. I am just making sure you're not screwing up. <laughs> well, Larry, did you just, just breathe some helium? <laughs> 
that's, that's my voice. That's, if if uh, this were television, I, you would I actually. I actually think it's the best radio radio voice I've had in a long time. <laughs> uh, Larry, you said don't screw up, but I'm filling in for you. That's kind of what an oxymoron or moron or. The last show you did. <laughs> Um, and actually, it's Pete's fault, but you it was awful. <laughs> so, Brian. Let me uh, tell you this. Yeah, now that Larry's here, because I've been waiting for him to come here. On episode number 40, there was a big discussion about how the Masonic Village in Elizabethtown stole the idea for the name of their tavern, the Goose and Gridiron. Yeah, the one that Larry stole from 500 years ago? Oh, 300 years ago, to be precise. The whole story is... The village was going to call it the Holmesburg Tavern because that's the name of the stone that the Grand Lodge building was built from. I thought that was a prison. It is. It's a prison in Philadelphia. <laughs> and I told the executive Ironic, director no? that. And she said, uh, well, do you have any suggestions? So I said, yes, Goose and Gridiron. And she wanted to know why. And I told her about it's the 300th anniversary of the United Grand Lodge of England, our mother Grand Lodge and how it was this year and how appropriate it would be since they couldn't call it the Tun Tavern because of the, the rights for the Tun Tavern were taken. So they did their due diligence with their lawyers and they said, yeah, it's a great idea. So Larry, it was my idea and they didn't steal it from you. You dirty... <laughs> Larry does think the world revolves around him. But does that mean our breakfasts are clandestine? <laughs> so, so Brian, you're, what, what is your title up there, president of the residence? I, I just finished a two-year term as president of the Residence Association. So now I'm the immediate past president. Can, can we still lodge a complaint through you? Sure, and you you'll get, get the same consideration you would have gotten when I was the Be, president. Because uh, Jason yeah. and I were up there for, uh, I think it was Larry Durr's presentation. We, we were going to have dinner at the three loaves, well, they close at two, and the Goose and Gridirons only open Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. We were there on a Wednesday, but I was told that if you're not a resident, you can't get served. Call your mother. Well, why do they advertise it in the Pennsylvania Freemason, then? They should, shouldn't even put it out there. Well, they're trying to sucker you in, and apparently they did a good job. Well, yeah, we, the word sucker is apropos. Yeah. It's I, only one night a month. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I did, I did hear, though, that it's every Every eating establishment on campus now, you have to be accompanied by a resident? No. No. Okay. no Only you, to order you can alcohol. still go to the cafe. You can go to the village cafe, the 1911 cafe that's right in the, the uh, Grand Lodge Hall. In fact, if you see me before you come in, I'll, I'll get you in. Probably if I tell him I know you, we'll yeah. get booted out. But so, is no, 1911? Is that in the Grand Lodge Hall that they? That's when they open Grand Lodge, so they call the cafe the 1911. Okay. Hey, Masonic Light fans! If you're in the area on February 10th. Seth Anthony and myself and our guest Brian Hill will be at Masonic Week down in Arlington, Virginia, conferring the Royal Order of the Muscovites degree. And if you want to come visit Kremlin Penza, you can go to Masonic Lights show notes or a Facebook page and find the event page to register. Also, coming up at the Lancaster Masonic Center, Saturday, March 3rd, Lodge 43, my home lodge, will be presenting a lecture series 
with the Reverend Doctor and Brother Christopher Rodkey, who's been a guest on our show before, and also Jason Richards and John Ruar uh, from our friends at the Masonic Roundtable. And that event is running 12.30 to 5. And again, in our show notes on our Facebook page, you can find information for that event. The event's free. Do need to register on Eventbrite. So again, visit our website and our show notes, and all the information on these events will be there. And uh, hopefully, um, when this airs, we'll all still be alive, because uh, Larry has consumption, and he is <laughs> coughing his tuberculosis all over us. And he looks as bad as he sounds. That's the thing. It's like, I feel so bad for Larry. I don't. <laughs> Jeff's just eyeing up the uh, permanent host spot. So, uh, Ryan, Larry's trying to uh, get us to get you to tell another story. And if you can do it as... Um, as best you can without saying any Masonic secrets. Well, first of all, I, we can we can beep things too. Yeah, well, our, our listeners out there probably know that there's a the, who are Masons that there's a sign of distress and there are words of distress. And I, for years, inspected the jail every Thursday, and I was always afraid I was going to hear the distress call. What would I do if I heard some inmate? giving the sign of distress of a mason. It never happened, thank goodness. But I According don't know to I Masonic done. lore, you'd have to let him escape somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, what we learned in the jail was verify, verify, verify. Ah. I would have to make sure they were really a mason and didn't somehow I mean, I clandestinely get that. I heard all, the, I heard all these stories from the Civil War of uh, all these prisoners yeah, magically escaping from the North and the South just because Imagine of the Masonic Imagine Brian breaking that trust just as soon you as know, In fact, there was a prisoner war camp in Ohio where they had Confederate officers, and their treatment was superb. And there's a professor at East Stroudsburg University that wrote a paper on the reason for that was they were all Freemasons. Larry, were you there <laughs> at the Civil War prison? Just, just checking out. Oh, my goodness. So where are you going today? You have a Masonic event that you're trying to get to? Uh, yes. <laughs> National Sojourners. Wow. Yeah, National Sojourners is a Masonic organization for those who have been in the military. Now, that, that, now that doesn't count the Navy, so Larry can't get in. Well, maybe soon, because I heard originally that originally it was officers sail only. The seven That's correct. And then they the changed Navy. it to NCOs. Senior NCOs, yes. And, and now um, it's enlisted and even first responders. Uh, it's no? Enlisted uh, honorable discharge. Okay. Yeah. All a first right. responder could get in as a honorary member. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Soon it will be wives and dogs. And <laughs> <laughs> but in a few weeks, more like a month, Brian and I will also, will, will, you will be at Masonic Week, but Brian and I will also be at Masonic Week to confer the noble order of Muscovites. Yes. On Not a Masonic order. But, no. Uh, there seems to be a great deal of interest. Is, Al, is Alan Moyer going to be there? Is who? Alan Moyer. 
Uh, yes, he will. Yeah, he'll be reprising his role. Yes, uh, <laughs> the, um, with a Scottish accent. <laughs> for you folks that don't know about Masonic Week, I think if you go on the, it's like yorkright.org or yorkright.com, you can you can That's find correct. Their allied website. Masonic degrees. And um, the first time I went, I was just amazed. I thought I was at a convention of Swiss generals. There is. A lot of um, bling, I think. Bling, is yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of people that are collecting sashes and pins and lots of regalia. Um, but it's pretty neat. So if you bring a new degree down there, you, people are going to just throw money at you to get the degree they haven't gotten before. Yeah. Well, the local AMD council will be conferring St. Lawrence the Martyr degree on uh, Thursday evening, I believe it is. Um, I don't know if you're going to be in that or not, Pete. Um, I have the scripts at my house, uh, but I have, nobody's given me a part. But um, I will be down there. I'll be hawking my wares. Yeah. I've Wearing your hawks. Mercenary or other motives. I'll be selling <laughs> scarves. So, um, so how'd that Togo thing go for you? <laughs> I did not send any scarves to the Grandmaster of Togo. But I did meet him, and he was a really nice man. Um, any big tra any uh, travel coming up uh, international? Because you go to uh, the UK a lot. Well, as, I, well, as I mentioned, we're, we're going to be going to Scotland in June and taking a tour of the, the Highlands. We'll end up in Edinburgh and we'll go to a meeting of the Royal Order of Scotland, uh, which is pretty doggone neat. They, they meet in the, uh, the uh, Grand Lodge building in Edinburgh, and it, it's kind of it's really a neat place. Now, at the Royal Order, they keep a, a chair open in the east. For, um, for the, for the king, king of England. The king of Scotland. The king of Scotland, right. who we don't currently have. No. So we have a deputy who's also called the governor of the royal order. Hello, governor. Yeah. Curiously, the, the last king of Scotland was Edward, who advocated for his American love of his life. That's correct. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, <laughs> well, I just remember I'm, I'm watching The Crown. I'm watching The Crown, so it's all fresh. Yeah, I could tell you all this stuff. So yeah. will Charles uh, be invited? Will he be a king of Scotland? I don't really know much about the monarchy. No, uh, Charles nor any of his sons are Masons. Charles was turned off, as I understand, by his uncle, Lord Mountbatten, who didn't speak very highly of the Masons, so Charles never joined. When I was over there uh, this uh, last February, uh, there was a lot of talk that they had, had approached Prince Harry to become a Mason and become the new Grand Master of the United Grand Lodge of England. Wouldn't that be cool? Can you imagine what a recruiting tool that is? Hey, if it's cool enough for Prince Harry. Are gingers allowed? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you realize nobody can hear you. Uh, Larry, when are you demitting? When are you demitting? <laughs> From Freemasonry. What? <laughs> you heard me. Kiss off. <laughs> It's the last last time I'll ever ask you to be on this show. Thank God. So, Brian, you're actually a listener, which is very strange. You're like one of nine listeners of our show. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only because I wanted to know what frivolity happened on this show, and I was not frivolity. disappointed. That's wow. And as I told uh, Larry earlier, my wife, who doesn't have a great sense of humor, why she married me, I'm not sure. But because she, she, said, she said, those guys are really funny. She was laughing out loud. Oh, my God. Oh. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. Okay. 
So I got to tell you about. Oh, okay. Can I tell you about? Yeah, because I had a big, yeah, big, I, big, ball, to, big you know, pause I, there that who's going to have to edit you, out. You almost looked like Larry. Yeah. As you know, I have to leave. <laughs> but one last story. I joined a group called the Square Men in February. A very good friend of mine over there invited me to join. It's a uh, it's a body from Scotland, and they screwed up and they they gave a a warrant to a shed. They're called in England, thinking that. Wolverhampton somehow was in Scotland, and it's not. So anyway, I went in there, and my, my friend cautioned me, don't wear your best suit. <laughs> so I was a little bit terrified by this. While I was waiting for them to open the meeting, one of the members came out with a water glass with two fingers of scotch in it and said, hey, this will tide you over nice, <laughs> until nice. you get started. So I'm just going to tell you about one part of the ceremony. Okay. They handed me a piece of chalk, and they said, draw a square on the floor. And I drew this perfect square. And he said to me, you call that a square? That's a box. A mason should know what a square is. Oh, that's funny. Wow. So Very four of them funny. grabbed my, my legs and my arms and swung me back and forth while singing The Daring Young Man on the Flying Trapeze <laughs> as my butt is hitting the floor and erasing the square. <laughs> Let me tell you, they out grotto. Grotto. Oh, nice. Well, we probably couldn't do that in May Lodges America because the weight requirements of lifting. <laughs> <laughs> Lifting most members and then the, the backs of the elderly men doing the swinging. <laughs> but it was really a fun group, and uh, I, I can't wait to get back and sit on the sidelines and laugh at the candidate like they did at me. Well, t- take know. a microphone for with you. We'll give you a press pass. You can be an official correspondent. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much. We're gonna, we'll are gonna we interview you again in the future, probably down at Masonic Week. We know your, your time is pressing. Well, you know, it's all Larry's fault. If, if he wouldn't have gotten himself sick, we could have gotten together. And we had this scheduled for the other night, but um, weather, weather kind of screwed us up. It tricked us. Yeah, it, it looked like it was bad out, but it was not bad at all in, in Elizabethtown. It was completely fine. No, and I'm from the Poconos. You guys are a bunch of wimps down here. And, and Jason had to drive past Elizabethtown anyway. So it's not like he was going to go out of his way. Seth and, yeah. and myself were ready to go. I said to Larry, do you want to do this? And Jack couldn't come because it was bad enough for to. So it is what it is. Here we are. Hey, we're here. No one was killed or maimed. It's all good. Well, yeah, well, I, I'd like to come back and tell you some more. Absolutely. We'd love to have you, you back. Know, I'd, I'd like you to replace Larry. That's what I would like. Ooh. I second that motion. All in favor? Well, I'm, obviously he is not irre- irreplaceable <laughs> since he didn't contribute very much to this. And he has no voice or microphone to vote against, yeah. so it looks like the motion He's too weak to fight back, so it's all good. <laughs> all right, Brian, thank you so much. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, if you're not in a hurry, you can stay there, but we have other guests here on our side we're going to talk to right after the break. Oh, wait, Brian, could you get this oh. check? <laughs> sure. <laughs> we're going to come right back, and we're going to speak with a newly installed district deputy grandmaster of the 1st Masonic District of Pennsylvania, free and accepted Mason, Ronald Carson.
back, and we have a, a special uh, last-minute guest here, um, Brother Ron Carson. Um, Ron is a, is a listener. He is a past master of Lamberton Lodge. He is past, recently just the past district deputy, or no, I'm sorry, the past principal of the School of Instruction for the First Masonic District, and now he is the district deputy. Congratulations. Thank you, Brother Pete, and it's pleasure to be here with you guys this morning. I just wish you wouldn't have had me follow up Brother Brian Hill, because uh, that's going to be a tough act to follow. He sets a high bar. Yes. He does, and I'll do my best for you fellas. I didn't think I'd see Brother Pete here today, because I thought he was down District 5, but Brother Pete, it's good to see you. I'm allowed to be here for breakfast. Oh, man. I'm allowed to be here for breakfast. I think I have a special dispensation now, from someone. Let's be, let's, let's be perfectly honest. Ron is a listener, but we know that Ron as a listener because somebody has to be that filter and, you know, whisper tender counsel in our ears in case uh, things get squirrely. The, the filter is getting tighter, Brother Jason. <laughs> <laughs> we we feel the boot on your neck. Oh, right? where, that... where did episode 23 go? We'll never know. I always like <laughs> to remind <laughs> everyone, just think about how crazy this show would be if I ever got kicked out of the Masons <laughs> and I had no filter. <laughs> so that's why they keep me around. Well, well you're, we you're can work aware, on that, You're not aware Pete. of it, but <laughs> District 5 is working on that. Oh, thank you. So. Thank you. <laughs> nice knowing you. So, Ron, um, Brother what, Pete, before I forget, oh I, I just would like to say thank you to all the brothers that came out last Friday to support me. It certainly was one of the coldest nights of the year, but one of the a very well-attended meeting, and things went very well, and I just want to pass on my thanks to the members of our district and the other districts that came out that evening. Yeah, and that was for your official, what you call it, installation, or what was the term? I believe the technical term is a presentation. Okay. And um, you got a, I heard you got a standing ovation, which was uh, pretty uh, first time ever. I was a little nervous that evening, and I... I do vaguely remember standing up with everybody, but uh, I also heard I heard another cool thing. Um, that was the same room where you became a Demolay. Actually, I became a Demolay at the Lancaster Masonic Center in the Blue Room, and I had every intention of having my presentation in the Blue Room, but was concerned about parking, weather, and seating, all three of which would would have been a negative for the evening because we had ice on the ground. We wouldn't have had very much parking. Uh, one of the great things, Brother Tom LeBall and Brother Scott Hoover were able to find the Bible that I became a Demolay on, and I was able to take my oath on that Bible also. So you've been uh, in the Masonic fraternity since how old then? How old were you when you were in Demolay? was four, I think, when he joined Demolay. <laughs> Maybe so. Thirteen and a half I've, is when I joined the Lancaster Chapter Order of Demolay. And I was fairly active, actually very active in it, until I was about 18 and a half and went off to college in the military. And uh, I didn't actually restart my Masonic journey until probably about 12 years later until I petitioned and became a member of Lamberton Lodge in Lancaster. And then they uh, asked you to be Worshipful Master like 10 seconds later? 
<laughs> well, maybe you guys can edit this part, but I did, I did make eye contact. <laughs> but honestly, Pete, I would never regret a moment of it. It's, it's been... Other than and, sitting in lodge with Pete. And which, getting which, to know you, brother Jeff. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, anything on the, uh, the, the Right Worshipful's um, agenda this year for the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania? Anything that's uh, a highlight that we should be thinking about? I think there's a lot that uh, the Right Worshipful Grandmaster has on his agenda over the next two years. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that the meetings that our district have been out and were able to attend a meeting with the Right Worshipful Grandmaster have all had nothing but positive comments to say about the presentation, the personality, the general feel of the meeting, and hopefully that kind that continues throughout the state because I think he's going to get a lot of support from Masons in general around Pennsylvania just because of the way he handles the meetings. And At our state of meeting on Tuesday, uh, it was mentioned that his sense of humor uh, was really well appreciated um, at that at that at the meeting in Hershey. He you are like correct, Brother Jack. Yeah. I was the, the brunt, uh, the brunt of, the most I mean of, the the, of most of those jokes. <laughs> and I'll just share a story with you real quick. I was at two meetings, which I was early for. However, I was last. And I found out that last is considered late. And I was also late for my dinner that evening. <laughs> and uh, Right Worshipful Grandmaster had let that known. And yes, his sense of humor is... Yeah. Refreshing. Good. Yeah, I, what I took out of at the end when when he calls on all the right worshipfuls, it, to me it seems like they're talking more about us than themselves. So that that's that yeah. is refreshing. Yeah, I had the uh, pleasure of sitting with the the current right worshipful, the current deputy, um, and some of the past right worshipful past grandmasters. It still gets so complicated in Pennsylvania. Um, at a tall cedars thing in Wildwood last year. And um, I showed up late, and apparently I got the memo wrong. I didn't know I was supposed to be wearing a tuxedo. So I came in in, in street clothes, and the only seat left was at their table with all the. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, just, you know, great sense of humor from all those guys. And I, I agree. And they are 100% on top of what our fraternity needs, I think, right now. Does he have any, like, big agendas, big things that he's looking to do? Big well, one of, one, of the, one of the things that's going to affect all the lodges is we're going to have at least two meetings opened in the Entered Apprentice Masons degree so that, and those evenings will be the official visit and the past master's nights. And uh, that way all the fellow craft and Entered Apprentice Masons can come out and enjoy a stated meeting. Uh, I think that's a good start to getting guys a little more active instead of wait, letting them wait four months until they're made a Master Mason. Uh, he's also really heavy into education and history and mentoring. And I know the mentoring is a, is a vital role in all of our lodges. And I'm happy that one of my requirements is to mentor a candidate through the Master Builders Program, and that is a requirement from all district deputies. And, you know, I had a great start at Lamberton Lodge with the, our mentoring committee, and I'm looking forward to working with the new members and, and showing them the ropes and getting them through the Master Builders Program. Uh, there's also been some requirement changes as far as the degrees go. 
uh, as I'm sure everybody knows, the, the third degree has become a challenge for us to get men certified to confer that degree. So what the new grandmaster has decided is that he's going to require either the third degree or the first and the second, so that a man may just have to be certified in the third degree instead of two. So I think that's going to help us with the master mason's degree. Sounds and, like uh, I can go back through the chairs because I think I'm certified in the first and second. I never learned the third. <laughs> so I really couldn't be master again under previous rules. Well, you would have to do that in District 5, Pete. I would. It's a really nice. Oh. It's a really nice district deputy over there too. Yeah, oh. with some experience. <laughs> Touche. That that's cruel. That's cruel. So I think we need to give a, a shout out to a brother that's not here. I really it's like. Where am I going with this? Yeah. Who? Um, your employer, brother George Grove. Jidge. Um so your bro your 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 employer is also a brother and he's been very I don't know, supportive of, That's your, of probably your time. an understatement Pete, but yes he's he and his wife and the whole uh, the whole shop in general's been extremely supportive uh, George is not only my boss but he's he was my first line signer uh, his son I was able to give all three degrees to and uh, so Just give, really appreciate him. So we'll give a plug to George J. Grove and Son yeah. out of uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Um, they did windows in my house. Um, Ron came out and measured and actually was there for the install. Uh, but what, what else do you guys do for? Uh, window siding, roofing, gutter, anything pretty much exterior residential. How far do you guys travel for, for uh, jobs? I guess it depends on how big. but Well, as far as someone's willing to pay us. <laughs> but basically south central Pennsylvania. Yeah, Lancaster, uh, Lebanon, York. Uh, we do get into Maryland sometimes. So that's the plug that we're going to try and turn into a, uh, so a, pay, Larry, a paying commercial Larry, game. send them an invoice for yeah. that. Yeah, Pete, I was, is George uh, bankrolling this episode? Is that is that the deal? Well, hopefully we're going to get him to bankroll the future episodes. Oh, so like, okay. hey, we just gave you All a plug right. to Larry will make up some number that I thought maybe five hundred thousand <laughs> listeners in eighty five <laughs> countries, some kind of like fake fuzzy math. I thought maybe you were looking for a free roof or that, that's or on the agenda. I'm, I'm hoping for a hellstorm. Hey, I think investing in a podcast is good for your portfolio. So, I mean, this certainly could be George Grove's Masonic Light Podcast. I'm okay with that if you're <laughs> listening, to you, George. Brought to you by George Grove and Sons. Is it and we sons? have no shame. And sons. And sons. Single. And son. Singular. Yes. Aren't you lucky, George? <laughs> and I was also blessed to have the, the entire shop there for my presentation, too. So it was nice. Yeah. That's really awesome. That's great. But thank you, Pete, for bringing up. Yeah, no, I'm George. George is a good man. Um, Unlike Larry, absolutely correct. <laughs> Are you awake, Larry? Huh? Go back to sleep. If you guys can't hear Larry, um, you're lucky. He's he's over there we wheezing. Haven't even, we haven't even given him a microphone because it's pointless. <laughs> there's there's dribble coming down the corners of his mouth. <laughs> so, Ron, anything exciting coming up? Anything you're um, in the first Masonic district you have going on personally? That's like any of your kind of personal goals that or are you keeping those close to your chest so far well i'll keep most of them close to my chest until saturday at our workshop but one one of my major initiatives obviously is the youth groups um, 
the DMLA doesn't necessarily need financial support, but they need advisors, they need children, they need kids to help that go. The Job's daughters seem to be okay with membership, but they need new robes, which is about $1,500, because you can see their dresses through their robes, and they're the things that I'd like to, to work on this year and the next nine years. Uh, fortunately, the finances are good with the DMLA and the Job's daughters, but they could still use the, the extra money for clothing, regalia, and those types of things, some of their events that, that they do. Uh, so I really want to pay particular attention to the youth <coughs> groups. And uh, just so you know, the DMLA, their dues are only $60. And that's a lifetime membership. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that from Brother Dave Barry up there. And he also mentioned that, you know, sometimes that is just a little too much for some parents to want to maybe invest 60 bucks. So I suggested to Dave, and we're going to talk about that as a group, but even if they signed up eight members, that's only $480 to us Masons. And Yeah, it seems like, you know, the, the whatever Masonic jurisdiction, that lodge should maybe volunteer to donate that money. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping that as a district, as 10 lodges, we can work together to meet those to meet those goals. Is, is there an initiation fee or just the $60? It's just the $60, and that's a lifetime okay. membership, Jeff. Wow. Most of it, most of their expenses are handled by the uh, International Order of Demolay. Maybe we can get Dave Barry on the show to talk. Dave would be an incredible... I know, um, and I know um, uh, one of our good friends who's the head of the Pennsylvania Youth Foundation... Um, he agreed that he will be on the show, but only after he retires. <laughs> maybe he doesn't I, want to accidentally say anything to screw something well, may, up. Maybe I should have taken his advice. <laughs> I think you've, you've been good so far, and you've got a week to tell Jason to edit anything out you don't want. I was just going to ask if I could hear my portion before it goes to the <laughs> Because I, I have a feeling there might be something else put in there that I'm sure Jason can do that may not have been said here at this podcast. Oh, oh, goodness. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think we're pretty good. No, but I do enjoy the podcast. And Jason's right. I, I have been a listener day one, and I wasn't asked to be a filter, but I'm happy being that filter. In all fairness, we've really only had one conversation ever. So well, I, oh, out, out of 40-some episodes, I'll take it. Yeah, and and I think and that was Jack's fault. That was Jack's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to You're throw you under the bus, Jack. but I think... You're famous. Let's, let's pick that scab for a minute. <laughs> I don't know enough about... I don't know enough of the degrees to actually say anything inappropriate. You know, we... Uh, neither does Jack. We so. were... I was attending... Uh, Turn to Judges, Chapter 12. <laughs> I was attending uh, Civil Island Virtual Lodge, and Mike Hambrick was there, and they they called on all the podcasters to speak, you know, going around, you know, final comments. And the, the conversation was about, you know, whether these podcasts or these blogs or all these things that are popping up, like, you know, HODAP and the Masonic Roundtable, whether we think we should or shouldn't seek the approval and the support of our Grand Lodges. And that conversation turned into, have you ever had your hand slapped by Grand Lodge? And I got up and it was virtual and I said, uh, you know, I did once, it was very nice, our... Uh, 
you know, a prominent uh, past master in our district, cause, which was which was Ron at the time, and said only once did they say you should probably reconsider that particular episode. And Mike Hambrick on Facebook messaged me. He's like, I remember, and then he he typed the word that was <laughs> that was said. But yeah, I know I I do enjoy listening to it. Uh, like Brother Brian Hill and some of the other speakers you have on there. You know, it's it's nice getting somebody else's perspective and, you know, learning things that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to pick up on. Well, and I think with, like, Brian, you know, somebody could do, like, one of the one of the educated podcasts could probably do a, a 10-hour serious interview with Brian Hill about serious Masonic stuff. He's one of those guys that after he's gone, there will be a short talk bulletin about Brian Hill. Yeah, just, but, but he is such... He's that guy. Besides him being in everything and doing all these cool things, he's a really cool, fun guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and he's just, you know, it, I think one of the things our show tries to do is but we can talk to somebody like Brian Hill and we all respect and, you know, give him the reverence he deserves, but he's still a regular guy at heart. And we want people to see that you can be, a, you know, a regular folk-joking fun guy and still be, you know, at the top of the craft. So, yeah, unlike Larry Maris. Man, Jeff, you're just oh, he's, you're like kicking him, today. kicking you, him when he's down. Did you wake up again? If I wasn't so weak, I'd choke you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like you're, my filter. Filter. you're my filter. You're my Larry, Larry's our token, just master mason on the show. Yeah. Since he doesn't yeah. want to take I mean, any offices above that, he doesn't want to. Everyone at the table is very active. He doesn't want to pay a Scottish except for Larry. He doesn't want to pay a Scottish rate dues on time. He's completely unwilling I'm to fine. join he your just, grade. He just so. doesn't want to pay him, period. What, you know, why don't you tell him what I do? Put, put the mic you in front know, of your mouth, Larry. I'm a member of the Academy of Masonic Knowledge. Have you written anything? Masonic yes, Research. Yes, I have. I presented papers to the, uh, to the uh, Pennsylvania Lodge of Research. I knew Gene Hare when uh, I, S.U. I, Gene I, Hare. I, I, me, 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 uh, me. You too, you. <laughs> 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 Are you name dropping? <laughs> no. When, when he was master of uh, the Pennsylvania Lodge of Research, I mean, I know Gene was always funny. So, but uh, you're funny looking. You mention the things I do, you bozos. Master, I'm happy being a master mason. Yes, I am. And He's nobody asked you. And a grotto. Nobody asked you. And tall cedars. And a, char- and other and a charter member of this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was Pete and I to put this thing together. All right, go back to sleep, Larry. Right. Take, give, your give, mat, take your mask. Take your mask. Give him some night cool. That was I, me, Larry Maris of Lamberton Lodge. <laughs> you know, somebody called Larry Larry Menace earlier today, and I just, I just about <laughs> lost it. <laughs> oh. All right, let's, Ron. We're going to wrap this up. Ron, thank you so much. Thank you for having. You're me. welcome to come on. Anytime, um, anytime you guys have an official announcement, if you want, we'll always record it. And, um, yeah, we'll always put it on. Yeah, we'll and record it. We may not put it on the show. Well, no, and we can also send anything out on our Facebook page um, at any time. So let us know. Absolutely, no, I, w- I would appreciate that because one of my other things is I I want to have better communication between the lodges and and the people who are interested in what our district's doing. So. I will probably take advantage of that. Absolutely. Okay. Do it. We so got thank your back, you guys. man. You're welcome. You well, good luck. Here. Yeah, we all got your back. We love you. Thanks, guys. It's I'm from 10 feet behind Saturday. it, but we got it. <laughs> 8 to I, 11. He, he, <laughs> I got your back from Chester County. Yeah, Pete, Pete loves you from District 5. <laughs> Thanks, gentlemen. Jack, thank you. Oh, God. <laughs>
You're about to enter Corpora Obscura, the realm of weird fraternal organizations. Leave your Freemasonry behind. Prepare to meet druids, caliphs, and wild creatures. Knock thrice and enter at your own risk. The Seven Deadly Sins. The Seven Liberal Arts and Sciences. The Seven Days of the Week. Oh, and the Seven Wise Men? Wait, what is this? Why, it's the Order of Heptasoths, of course. The Order of Heptasoths was a fraternal organization established on April 6, 1852, in New Orleans, Louisiana. The name is derived from Greek roots meaning seven and wise, and means seven wise men. Get it? Hepta? Soph? Okay. The organization was originally called the Seven Wise Men, and it may have been formed by graduates of the early Mystical Seven or Rainbow Societies that were popular college fraternities in the South during this period. Albert Stevens noted at least a strong similarity in their rituals and nomenclature, an ornate pseudo-history dating back to 1104 BC and the first Zoroaster. Allegedly, the ancient king of Persia would select six magi who were skilled in both statecraft and occult arts, and they would meet in a subterranean cavern beneath the royal palace at Ispahan. What is known is that after being introduced in New Orleans in April 1852, a grand conclave of Louisiana was set in June of that year and incorporated in 1854. A supreme conclave, or organization embracing several states, was organized in 1857 and had its first communication or convention that year. The early growth of the organization was principally in the southern states, and it lost many members and much of its influence during the Civil War. The group was always conservative, with little effort being made to extend into other areas. After the Civil War, the group began to grow again, and during the 1870s experienced a rapid growth in membership, reaching a high point of 4,000 members. The Depression in the mid-1870s checked its growth and led to a movement for a general death benefit. When the Supreme Conclave rejected the idea, the Zeta Conclave of Baltimore forced a schism, leading to the creation of the Improved Order of Heptasoths. There was an intense rivalry between the two groups for a few years, but this died down after the older order adopted its own benefit plan in 1880. The order worked four degrees, the initiatory degree, where the Persian pseudo-history is described, and three further degrees, which illustrated the vicissitudes pursuing the course of duty, and to satisfy the modern demand for a military feature, an optional uniform rank was introduced. A life insurance branch named the Endowment Rank was established in 1880 and was open to members in good standing who passed a medical exam. The amount paid was $300. Finally, there was the Hept-Sophian Mutual Benefit Fund, which gave aid to the widows, heirs, and assignees of the members. Up to $500 on a 25-cent assessment. Larry needs to get in on that plan. Wives of members were also eligible for membership in the fund. Full membership was open to white males over 18 who were of good moral character, believed in a supreme being, possessed a known reputation and means of support, free from any mental or physical disability, and were educated enough to fill out their own application. Obviously a very high bar. Each local conclave could set up its own upper age limit. 
The organization was typical of the day, with local subordinate conclaves, statewide grand conclaves, and the supreme conclave at the top. Grand conclaves were composed of past archons of subordinate conclaves, and the supreme conclave composed the past grand archons. At its height, the group was present in 18 states, principally in the South. Today, the order is extinct. Want to learn more about America's fraternal history? Visit the J.H. Rathbone Museum in Lafayette, Indiana, or online at jhrathbonemuseum.org. And be sure to like them on Facebook. Just search for J.H. Rathbone Museum. Hey, and we're back, and we're getting kicked out of our restaurant. Apparently, uh, we've been here for days camping. Um, so quick wrap-up. Um, we're out of here. And, um, you know, I, don't, I have nothing else going on. Uh, Kremlin Penza, Noble Order Muscovites. Thank you, Brian Hill. Thank you, Brother Ron Carson. Thank you, Youthful. Thank you, Seth Anthony. Corpora Obscurum. Uh, hopefully you heard that. If it's something important, I will record it after the fact. This is Jason Lewis. Jack Harley. Jeff Moyer. Larry Ferris. <laughs> and Pete Ruggieri. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Mm-hmm.